With the recent typhoons that hit our country and the future being unclear, it seems more challenging to stay hopeful these days. Kahit nasabay ka man, let's do our best to help in any way we can, whether it's sharing informative posts or donating some essentials to our kababayans. See the links on the description below to know where you can donate for the victims affected by Typhoon Ulysses and Typhoon Raleigh. Keep listening! Hi guys! Welcome, welcome to my podcast. Actually, itong episode na to, I really prepared for it and finally it came true. It's been something that's on my mind ever since the pandemic started. It's something that I really wanted to open up about and I got to invite someone who's an advocate of mental health. She graduated from the Ateneo de Manila University and is currently working for Arlington Memorial Chapels as a sales and marketing executive. Actually, bago ko siya tinawagan, nag-work siya eh. So, sobrang thankful talaga ako for her time. At the same time, she's also pursuing her advocacy for mental health bilang founder and managing director of Spring Philippines, which is a non-profit organization that aims to improve the mental health state among the Filipino youth. And fun fact, guys, you must know that she's one of the Lifestyle Asia's women of the day, and she is also Lifestyle Asia's game changer in 2019. So, grabe talaga, guys. Ibang level talaga tong guest ko ngayon. So, without further ado, here is Bettina Jose. Hello, Bettina. Hi, Ben. Na-pressure naman yung intro mo. Makakalanan ako sa'yo. <laughs> Oo, oh, kasi parang na-label ka na na Lifestyle Asia's women of the day and game changer. <laughs> Interestingly, kasi I really invited you because I feel like talking about mental health is relevant, especially nowadays. I, I also think that through your journey, through sharing your journey with Spring Philippines, you could enlighten more of my listeners about what mental health really is and why we should prioritize our mental well-being. So, yung question ko, could you tell us more about your journey towards building Spring Philippines? Well, first of all, thanks so much for allowing me to share my voice and my story with everyone here today. Kasi yes. kahit iba-iba tayo ng journey with mental health, I think one thing that binds us all together is that we've had a brush with it at some point in our lives. You know, and it's something that everyone can relate to because everyone has felt anxious, felt sad, has felt uneasy, you know, and has felt uncertain, especially at a time like this. No? So I feel like kahit iba man yung naging journey ko sa mga nakikinig today, I feel like hopefully something I say will resonate with someone. A part of my story can be relatable to someone and that alone will allow other people to feel comfortable sharing their stories also. No? So for me, my whole journey with mental health is, how do I say this? It's been a long and winding road. You know, hindi yeah. siya straight shot. I founded Spring Philippines in 2018. But actually, my whole journey with mental health started way, way back. You know, I'm not even going to reveal how old I was when I started to feel like something was mm-hmm. off or something was wrong. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've had this lifelong journey with my mental health. And it was only recently 
maybe like in the last five years that I really started to take it seriously. So, siguro there is no telling the story of spring without sort of telling my own story. Of my course, uh, like I said, my story with mental health is very personal, kasi, and I think that's a big reason spring has succeeded in the way that it has because nga, I've always been very real and honest about my entire journey. And it was actually in 2016 when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder as well as with a depressive disorder. So just to give some people context, no, hindi naman lahat nakakilala sa akin na isang, bilang isang game changer or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people are gonna look at this and be like, Sino to, you know? So I guess for context, yes. growing up, I was a very type A person. I mean, medyo, ano talaga very go-getter, you know, I was an overachiever. I like to be involved in multiple organizations. I had a really big group of friends. So from the outside, when you looked at me, it would be hard to believe that I was someone that struggled with mental health. Um, if only because, you know, one, I had become associated with public speaking. I was the host. I was seemingly extroverted. Pero siguro a fun fact for our listeners, the MBTI test, the Myers-Briggs, I'm actually 86% introverted. But I mean, that wasn't my reputation growing up. People thought, you know, social butterfly tong batang to and stuff like that. I had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I did naman pretty okay in school. So when you looked at me, it would be hard to believe na there was something off or like there was something I was going through. But honestly, I feel like I can harp back to my childhood pa and be able to point out na something was already off even from when I was very young, you know, probably early grade school. Like I started to freak out or have like mini panic attacks if I got a certain grade and things like that. But you know, back then, I didn't really have any concept of mental health. I intense lang kung bata. But, um, yeah, looking back, I guess, I realized there was always something off na then. But in 2016, coming out of a of an abusive relationship, it was when I really decided to see a psychiatrist. So I saw someone, and that was when I was diagnosed. And I was medicating for two years by the time that I had decided I was going to found a nonprofit organization. So when I first founded Spring, no, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I was just thinking, I'm ready to pay it forward. Um, I want to do something bigger than me. And I feel like even man, when I was younger, I've always had this inclination towards you know, extracurriculars, charitable projects, etc. So I guess it was kind of like a natural course of action to found a nonprofit that centered around something that hit close to home, which was mental health. So really, from being honest with you, Bria, digo alam what I wanted to do when I founded the organization. All I knew was that I wanted to share my story and encourage other people to do the same. So since then, you know, since founding Spring, that's exactly what we've been doing. We've been telling our stories, being vulnerable in front of audiences like today, and really encouraging other people to do the same because the first step towards healing has a lot to do with acknowledgement and really having that bravery and the courage to say something's wrong, but this doesn't have to be the end of my story. Actually, yung sinabi mo kanina, uh, since 
growing up, mayon ka talagang, parang you're the type na alam mong goal-getter and medyo overachiever in in your academics tapos co-curricular. Do you get this pressure ba from your parents or can you say parang is it like a personal thing? Where does this come from? From your realization lang? Yeah, you know what? I I think it would be so much easier to say it came from an external pressure. Lalo mm. na sa Pilipinas, may mga True, Filipino uh, parents who pressure the children. But to be honest, it, uh, in my case, that never happened with me. My parents were so supportive and they kind of just let me do my thing. Um, probably because they saw that na I didn't really need the extra push. They knew na internally na gagaling na yun sa um, But I think the need to achieve and to be a certain person was very internal. It was always a personal standard I felt that I needed to kind of reach or like it was a personal standard I needed to accomplish or be up to par with. But really, I don't really think I ever felt any other pressure from my external factors, like parents, relative friends, mentors, teachers. I grew up in a very supportive environment. In fact, I'm lucky. I know it's not the same for other people. And that kind of heightens the pressure even more. But in my case, my internal pressure was enough to kind of make it hard for me. <laughs> if I'm going to talk about my personal story mm-hmm. lang, kasi ako, I never consulted with a professional from a psychotherapist or siguro it's more on ano siya it's a personal battle talaga kasi yun na nga, parang alam naman natin yung yung therapy ang mahal din. It's something na I can't afford and I don't think I can also strike up a conversation with my parents about it. And also, yes. I, I, I just got used to having that na, na nahihiya ako or may shame in opening up sa problems ko. So, important talaga ang moral support system. I can't stress it enough. Since you've been working with Spring Philippines since 2018, from working there, why do you think there's a stigma in the Philippines? Uh-oh. You know, there's so many things that I could say about this, but Siguro, I can narrow it down to maybe three top factors. Mm-hmm. With my own experience with mental health and mental illness, plus the experience of being the managing director of a nonprofit like Spring, no? one of the major things that I realized. Um, that really contributes to the stigma, in fact, as a religion. I mean, I don't blame, um, you know, a, a Catholic religion for this now, but I am a believing, like, I'm a believer and I am a, I grew up very Catholic. You know, I went to an all-girls Catholic school. Same. I'm a very spiritual person, yeah. Very spiritual person, and a lot of my healing actually had to do with my religion and my mm-hmm. faith in God. But I have to say that I think there might be a stigma around mental health rather because we actually grew up in a culture that perpetuates yung pagiging martyr. Filipinos, you know, somehow we glorify suffering. And this is something that I learned as early as I was in high school. Filipinos don't like to complain because there is a certain glory associated to suffering and martyrdom. I mean, we actually see this um, pag Holy Week, diba? So mm-hmm. pag Holy Week, 
a lot of people do self-flagellation, but they like to reenact the suffering of Christ. Uh-huh. And that's because we actually glorify the concept of suffering because we think it's very much connected and very likened to the way Jesus Christ suffered. So I think medyo warped in a sense yung ating pag-iisip when it comes to sufferings. We grew up in a culture that said, suck it up, you know, like suffering is good. Pagod ka, okay yan. I mean, sa COVID Uh-oh. experience, hindi ba nakikita naman din natin that we glorify the plight of the Filipino people, the people that have to walk for hours to get to their workplaces or yung mga nagihirap, we glorify that online. And mm. I think it's very telling of the culture we're in. So I think it sort of spills over to the way we view mental health and mental illness. Kasi to mm. us, kung nagihirap ka, parang, ano siya, like it's a badge of pride almost. Like you wear it with a badge of pride and you think na it's okay, suffering makes me closer to Jesus. When in fact, mental illness is a very real scientific and biological disorder. You know, it's just as real as any other sickness you would go to the hospital for. So I guess number two, we also grew up in a very patriarchal society. Um, we grew up we grew up rather in a very machismo culture where telling people that you need help or telling people that something's wrong is not really accepted or not normalized enough. Parang kung humingi ka ng tulong, ang pag-iisip sa'yo, mahina ka. And I think that's why there's a stigma around mental illness as well. It's like, it, it's a sign of weakness if you say something is wrong. When in fact, I believe the complete opposite. I think it takes a lot of courage and bravery and strength to say something is wrong and, you know, something needs to be changed and something needs to be addressed. And lastly, I think the last factor that really contributes to the stigma and the pre-existing stigma is that there's really a lack of education. So, tayo in terms of educating ourselves about what mental illness is, what mental health is actually all about. I mean, so the so Filipinas, we see that mental illness is usually depicted through mental hospitals, you know, yung mga binabasement, yung mga ganyan. Even in like mainstream media, that's sort of what we see. It's like how we depict mental illness. So there's a gross lack of awareness and education when it comes to mental health and mental illness. People think it's either one, a figment of imagination. So some people think, Pagdadrama lang yan. On the other hand, some people think of it naman extreme, di ba? Na sobrang um, basement ka, yung naka parang very like dramatized, I think, depictions of what mental health actually is. So, doon nagkakaroon ng stigma, sobrang nating misinformed and uneducated about what mental health and what mental illness actually is. I mean, I have been an advocate for so long, but it was only when I founded Spring that I actually started believing in a different definition of mental health. Dati ang kala ko sa, ang, ang isip, pag-iisip ko sa mental health or sa pagiging mentally healthy is to be happy. When really, that is such a far-off description of what being mentally healthy is. I realized that being mentally healthy actually means to be able to feel a range of emotions, happy, sad, scared, all of these things, and be able to function in the same way. 
Kasi hindi normal yung extreme emotions kasi hindi mo ma-handle. Being mentally healthy means being able to embrace all those emotions and being able to function on a day-to-day basis. But see, in the Philippines, we think, kung wala kang mental health problems, that means kailangan palagi kang masaya. Right? And that's mm. why we have showtime, wow-wow, yung mga ganyan. Kasi nga... Oo, entertainment na, talaga. Uh-huh. Exactly, Bea. Like, everyone thinks we're always on this perpetual pursuit to be happy, which is actually very toxic and unhealthy. I have to agree dun sa sinabi mo na parang we glorify suffering in a way na siguro the way even foreigners, di ba, when you ask anong gusto nila uh, about Filipinos, they really say na parang besides hospitality, andun din yung parang nakikita nila na kahit nahihirapan tayo, we still smile. Di ba? Parang yeah. ang saya-saya natin na, na, na nag-work tayo and nagihirap tayo. But, you know, just to add to everything you said, kasi ang dami mo na-cover dun. And ako, ako, I just wanna go back dun sa kwinento ko kanina na I think it also depends if, let's say, if you grew up from an environment na yun na nga, hostile and apathetic. Kapag nag-ano ka, nag-emote ka or if naging vulnerable ka, parang ang usual response talaga is, ay, ang OA mo naman or ang drama mo naman or minsan parang nagiging siguro yung comment usually na naririnig ko, mga ganon na parang talagang meron siyang ano, may negative agad na, or misnide remarks agad pag naging vulnerable ka or nag-open up ka about sa emotions mo. Kaya andun pa rin talaga yung shame because it really comes from the initial response that that we often get from from our families na ayun, siguro nasanay nga rin sila talaga na they don't talk about their problems. Kasi maybe during their time, hindi rin accessible. I guess now, mas accessible ang help, di ba, sa mental health. Mas, mas ina-acknowledge natin ngayon na it really exists. Na you you have to give importance to your mental well-being because it really affects your day-to-day decisions. Parang ganong level. So, besides that, siguro yung crab mentality, pag nag-open up ka sa kanila, ang sasabihin nila sa'yo, eh ako nga, nung time ko, alam mo yung nagko-compare. Or parang, exactly. nag-line I had it harder. Oh, oh, I had it worse. I had it harder. So, so talagang, syempre, dun pa lang, parang nafe-feel mo, wait lang, um, are you invalidating? Maybe mm-hmm. parang may emotions. Oo, na parang mahihiya ka na magkwento na, okay, siguro pag, uh, siguro pag sinabi ko pa sa'yo yung totoo or inano ko pa, baka isipin mo, ang babaw lang. So, so I think dun din talaga nang gagaling yung personality. Uh, sorry for, ano ha, generalize. I mean, okay, ayoko naman mag-generalize. Pero it's with the older generations talaga eh, na tama ka na kailangan pa nila ma-educate um, about mental health. Kasi especially now in the context of this pandemic na we're just in the same house and we're always with the older people. I want to know also from what you said, from the points you made, uh, has the perspective ba on mental health changed these past few years? Uh, did you see any improvement ba so far? 100%. Like, when I started, I had more hesitation. Pa. But I have to say in the recent years, more and more mainstream channels have picked up on the conversation. And I think that that's really helped. Um, I've given a lot of speaking engagements, in fact, to parents 
for me, every time I have to walk into a room with parents, I get sort of anxious and I'm thinking, how is this going to be received? You know, they're going to hate what I have to say. They're going to think I'm inventing it. But what I did realize is, you know, you said that they like to compare. What I realized mm-hmm. about the older generation liking to compare, they do that, I think, because they're afraid of being left behind. And they do that because they can no longer connect and they can't relate to what we're saying. So they feel a need to kind of one-up the younger ones and say, we had it harder, we had it worse, you know, what are you complaining about? It doesn't excuse the behavior, but I think it really does help to kind of be aware of where they're coming from because you know, the point here is to educate and get more allies mm-hmm. instead of creating enemies. So it's important that our generation, I think, really tries to educate them in a manner that's easily digestible to them. We know how to talk to each other. We know how to educate each other. For the older ones, it's a little bit more complicated. So I think that we've made a lot of inroads in the recent years. The conversation has definitely progressed from where we started. But I do believe that we have a lot of work cut out for us, Pa. Right. Mayami kasing factors eh, na pwede magplay out eh. And we can't simply assume that they don't want what's best for us. Things like ako ngayon, parang it's an insight na laman ko from you na uh, their generation pala, kaya ginagawa nila yun kasi yun pala yung ano nila, yung iniisip nila. Siyempre, hindi rin naman biro to stay indoors and being isolated for a long time. And I realized that it can also take a heavy toll on us mentally. Pero through self-care, we can call this, right? In doing this, we have to actually know eh, how to channel our negative energy into something positive and not drown into our isolation as much. So, with that being said, yun nga, iba-iba tayo ng pag-cope with quarantine fatigue recently. Ikaw ba, how have you been coping recently with quarantine fatigue? For me, I think that self-care is a concept that runs very deep. It's a very dynamic concept. I don't want people listening in to this podcast to think I'm some kind of guru on self-care. I would be the first person to debunk that and say that self-care is a very personal journey. Self-care is not linear, definitely. You don't really master it all at once or overnight. I mean, just earlier today, from being completely honest and vulnerable, I had a really bad panic attack. And I'm an advocate. I've been off meds and everything. I'm a managing director and a working professional. But that doesn't exempt me from still going through the hardships of what this pandemic has done and this lockdown has, has given us. You know, so it, it's, like I said, it's a very dynamic process. You know, so I can't say there's cut and dry way of kind of going about things and kind of dealing with the lockdown or the quarantine fatigue or there's no one way to go about self-care. That's what I'm trying to say. But for me, I guess it has really always started. And sorry, what I'm trying to say, self-care has always started with listening to what I need. So that means a lot of different things to me, you know? So it could mean 
exercising. It could mean meeting up with friends via Zoom. It could mean eating better. It could mean learning how to draw boundaries and saying no. It's a very dynamic thing, you know, because what you need changes as you go. So what I needed yesterday might not be what I need today. So self-care, I think, at the very root of it, means you listen to yourself, you care enough about yourself, and be honest with yourself to ask, ano bang kailangan ko? What's gonna help me? You know, what do I need to say? What do I need to do for myself? So for me, self-care is not really something that's a set concept. It's something that really differs per person. But at the very root of it, I think what makes self-care self-care is respecting yourself enough and caring about yourself enough to know to listen to what you need. What does your body need? What does your mind need? Do I need space from people? Do I need to take a break from my family? Do I need to take a break from my responsibilities? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to exercise? You know, a lot of these things could help, but you can't do all of that at once without listening to what will actually help you or ano ba talagang kailangan ko at this point. So, yeah, oh. kasi na-mention mo na, that's how you've been coping with quarantine fatigue. Parang, yeah, it differs for, for us. Ako, I've been trying uh, new things like yoga and exercising more. I mean, the thing about it is before talaga, hindi ako, hindi ako ma-exercise na tao. It really takes so much of me to get out of bed and move around and sweat but but i think it's really about the mindset eh. i think this quarantine na form talaga yung mindset ko um as to why i'm really doing these things as to why i am exercising and also as to why i am doing yoga and these are actually uh examples of mindfulness practices right so i think i'm going i'm leaning towards that na parang being more kasi na mention mo rin kanina with uh, self-care, diba? What is really the essence of self-care? Um, ako, personally, yung definition ko of self-care is really being mindful of your mind and your body, which uh, you're right about that. And I think that's really what I'm trying to establish now. Being under lockdown for how many days, and you know, being jobless pa, parang nagpapatong-patong talaga siya. I guess what's keeping me stable and grounded are those mindfulness practices that I've been doing these past few weeks. Oh, aaminin ko, weeks pa lang, okay? Kasi diba, ang daming gumagawa ng mga 30-day challenges, mga... Um, well, alam mo, ano yun eh. I think, quarantine, uh, I think it's an effect of that quarantine fatigue, trying hmm. to find some sense of normalcy and you know, mm-hmm. the you mentioned earlier, they say that the way to combat their quarantine fatigue is to have some kind of routine. Um, and I think that exercise or all of these like healthy activities is a byproduct of that encouraged, you know, practice of having a routine. Uh-huh. Um, but I do understand what you're saying, you know, na parang there comes a point then na parang how where is this gonna get me i mean what's this gonna do for me for my body like it feels good when you're doing it but definitely you know what you were saying about quarantine fatigue is still a very real problem i mean there are so many things that are uncertain at this point so i think people trying to exercise big or 
binge watch shows. That's all a part of us trying to cope and trying to have at least something that's certain. Okay, at least this is dependable. If I exercise, I'm going to get this result. If I bake, I'm going to be able to come up with this particular baked goods, ube cheese, pandesals, cinnamon roll, whatever. Uh. It's like a very straight effect. And if I do this, this is what's going to happen. And I think that's how people are coping with the quarantine fatigue. That's, you know, how people are thinking at least it's a sure result. Because so many things are uncertain at this point, you know? Yeah, kaya nga dun natin emphasize why we when when we say we're being mindful, it's more about being present at this time. And yeah. part of being present is really knowing what you can control and what you can't control. We can also mention na acknowledging the triggers, external or internal triggers man yan. And I I'm not speaking, you know, just you know, from myself. I guess many people can also relate when I say na nakaka-trigger talaga yung stronger presence natin online nowadays. Uh, since that's the only way, diba? That's the only way we can connect with people. I think it's more on like because social media became the basis for identity and self-worth. Parang nagkaroon, I mean, even yeah. before pandemic, diba? Pero ngayon mas nag-heighten. We can say na nag-heighten ngayon kasi since yun nga, Lagi natin, lagi tayo online and nakikita natin yung ginagawa ng ibang tao. Mas prone tayo to comparing what they're doing and at the same time, it goes back to questioning what's my value when I'm not producing anything. We really can't um, force ourselves to or or push ourselves to be productive talaga, ba? Especially now. Kasi compounded by this pandemic, grabe na, I mean, bad news and... I mean, and dami, and dami na rin talaga nangyayaring problems, di ba? So, so parang, I also, exactly. oh, I also get where you're coming from, eh. Oo. I mean, you know, that's not to say social media is the end. And like, for me, you know, like, when it comes to social media, there's so many ways to look at it. They're like, you said, a double-edged sword in my mind. It's like a multiple-edged sword. Like, so many ways to look at it, so many ways to treat its power and its influence. But you know, it all boils down to already the pre-existing images we have of ourselves. It really boils down to respecting yourself enough to ask yourself, what matters to me and what will help me? If you love and respect yourself enough, then you will know what works for you and what doesn't. And only then can you stop comparing your progress, your pace, and your journey to other people. Parang, oy, okay yung ginagawa nila. Minsan may isip mo, like, buti pa sila. Pero, hindi naman talaga yun yung story for everyone, eh. Like, if you are yes. moving at a different pace, people should hear that that's completely acceptable and understandable. Nobody is expecting you to come out of this quarantine more fit, more sane, smarter, etc. That's a bonus. But really, all we're trying to do during this quarantine and this pandemic is to survive. People need to remember that. We just need to make it out of this thing alive. And there is no need to put unnecessary pressure to be productive and to come out a different, more skilled person from this quarantine. There shouldn't be that. If that's something you decide to do and that's how you want to cope, then good for you. But that doesn't have to be everybody's story. That's true. Na parang it really comes from really knowing yourself. Talaga. And you sinabi mo about setting your boundaries. Balik tayo dun. Kasi um, for most of us, na hihirapan tayo dun. 
And I think it also comes from the fact now we often perceive self-care as being self selfish. Pero ikaw ba, um, what, what, what do you think about that statement? You know, I think the reason people have come to see self-care as selfish is because we have a wrong understanding of self-care to begin with. I think another reason it's getting a kind of like stigma around it or it's getting the reputation that it's selfish is probably because we don't understand what self-care is all about. To a lot of people, self-care is, you know, just binge watching on Netflix. Mm Self-care is about masks and wine nights and stuff like that. Like I said, very ideal self- <laughs> retail yeah, therapy. I mean, exactly. That's why that's why it gets a bad rap. That's why people think of self-care as superficial and selfish. But self-care, like I said, runs a lot deeper than that. Self-care is about really respecting yourself enough to know what's working for me, what isn't working for me. I think that when you say self-care is selfish, you probably think that by caring for yourself, you're only caring for yourself. When, to be honest, I think it's it works on the contrary. When you care about yourself enough, and when you take care of yourself, you're better able to take care of other people. I mean, it's a very used analogy, but it's one of my favorites. You cannot, you know, like on when you're on a plane, well, we can ride on a plane again, but you know what they say on an airplane, do not put your oxygen mask do not put the oxygen mask on somebody else before you put on yours. And the reason for this is because you won't be able to effectively put the oxygen mask of the one beside you if you did not do it for yourself. And I think self-care is exactly that. It's not selfish for the main reason that when you take better care of yourself, you are more capable and more ready to take better care of your relationships and of the people that need your help and that need you. So for me, it's a concept that is one of the most selfless things you can do for other people. Is understanding that I cannot help you in the best way I can if I don't start taking care of myself. So I really do not believe that at all, that self-care is selfish. I think that really it runs on the contrary. Because oh, I think most importantly now, talaga, we have to really be empathetic and compassionate. Uh, you know, with with um, other people who are really having a hard time in this pandemic. Kasi yun nga, like, sabi ko nga kanina, parang iba-iba kasi tayo ng ways of coping. I also saw this kasi on um, Instagram. Parang may quote ako nabasa na just because they're online 24-7 doesn't mean they're accessible. Pero, pero yeah, I think that's also something that I reflected on na uh, we really just have to be more compassionate of others. We we are all going through our own problems, and not most of us are open to talk about it. So the thing is, we just really need to be kind. Yeah, be kinder to other people. I think like we're all going through this collective trauma and collective pain, so it's very important to mm-hmm. be kinder and more understanding to other people. But more importantly, for yourself to be yes, for yourself and understand that, you know, like, none of this is easy on anyone and it should not exempt you either. You know, so yung leeway na binibigay mo sa ibang tao, bigay mo din sa sarili mo. Kasi kanina, parang napag-usapan natin 
na about, you know, Filipino culture, how we're not, I mean, parang hindi tayo sanay na tumatakbo tayo sa ibang tao para humingi ng help. Um, yeah. But you said that is, it's it's actually ironic na eh, diba? if you think about it, na parang self-care, another form of self-care is actually asking for help. I'm not saying madalito, lalo na sa mga taong sanayin mag-isa or sanayin dalin yung yung bigat ng buhay on their own. And I'm speaking for myself here, you know, and probably, there are probably gonna be people out there who can relate na ayaw mong maging pabigat and ayaw mong, ayaw mong mag-share about things that you're not sure people will understand. And I get that. I understand that here because I've lived it. I still live it. But like I said, I go back to my definition of what self-care is. And self-care to me is respecting and loving myself enough to know what I need. And if what I need involves asking for help, and if what I need involves not being able to do it on my own, then I think that shame could, should come secondary to what will help me. So to me, asking for help was one of the first things I did when I didn't even know if I would have another shot at life. I wasn't really sure if I would make it out of that dark hole alive. And telling people I loved and trusted was my way of saving my own life, loving myself enough to know I have a life worth fighting for. Pa. So I'm going to ask for help because I can do it on my own. And I think that self-care, like I said, is a discipline. You have to constantly ask yourself, what's going to help you? What's going to work for you? And if asking for help from other people is what you need to do, I say do it because I mean, you have a life to live. And at least for now, right? Despite this mm. pandemic, we're here talking, having this conversation, meaning we're not done here. So, mm. we continue to fight for the life that we've been given. And I think that that's what I've been doing since I founded Spring and becoming an advocate for mental health is encouraging people to listen to what they need, encourage people to ask for help, and encourage people to fight to live another day. Tama ka nga kasi sinabi mo na you, it really goes back to, to what really self-care is in essence. Na parang listening to your, um, to what your body and your mind needs. Parang if that gives you the peace of mind na you need, di ba? To, let's say, um, open up to your friend about your problem. Kasi, syempre, buhat-buhat mo yan for a long time, eh. And, and yeah, let's say na you're not the confrontational type. Um, are there other, ikaw, what do you think are other helpful ways to initiate, uh, you know, um, conversations to expound on our worries, our thoughts? Well, you know, it's never easy to bring up what you're going through. So, for those who struggle with bringing up their own struggles, my first suggestion is really just to reach out. If you don't want to talk about your struggles first, ask someone you trust, like, oh, how are you? How have you been doing? If this person is someone you value and value for a reason, then the likelihood is they'll ask you back. It's going to be hard, but you have to understand that you have two options here. It's to ask for help, or not survive. So, yung nga, parang I think if you enter that conversation, that mindset, 
it will encourage you a little bit to speak up and speak truthfully about what you're going through. But you know, if you're not comfortable reaching out to someone and saying straight up, like, I need to talk to you about something I'm struggling with, my suggestion is to ask first, like, oh, how are you doing? You know, like, how have you been? What's been up? Um, sometimes, in fact, you don't even really need someone to give you advice or to listen. Sometimes you just need someone to sit there in silence and assure you they're going to be there whatever for whatever it is you need. Right. Oh, I think more than anything else, now is really uh, an opportunity. Hindi naman, you know, you can just uh, message your friend, diba? check in on your friends, on your loved ones, parang how they are. Kasi you won't really know also unless you ask. So, andun din talaga yung parang initiative mo to, parang you, you approach them. Um, but, you know, for some people, it might be harder, you know. Yun lang, oh. For some people, mas mahirap even to like approach a friend and be like, kamusta ka, how are you? I understand that it's hard for, oh. for people, you know. So, I know it's becoming redundant and repetitive. But again, I go back to the whole point of, respecting and loving yourself enough. If you're genuine about wanting to make it out of this thing alive, if you're genuine about fighting for your life, then sometimes if you feel it's going to be too hard to approach someone else, you, you can do this in ways that only involve you. So, you know, this whole podcast was supposed to be about showing up for yourself. And showing up for yourself can be done in so many different ways. You know, whether, like you said, it's getting out of bed and getting yourself to your yoga mat. Or if it's getting to the dining table and eating the right food, which you know, I personally struggle with. It's, it's hard. It's hard to even get up to make my bed and, you know, do my thing. But every morning I wake up with that same fight it's like i'm gonna fight to stay alive because i didn't go through everything i went through to waste my second shot and i think that goes back to being your own hero and like really showing up for yourself self-care it requires sacrifice it requires discipline consistency um you know if you if you think about it parang the habits na mahirap that's the that's um what's going to make life easier for you in the long run diba para exactly. if yun yung mindset mo um sa umpisa lang yan um sa umpisa lang kailangan mong pagtiyagaan ganun or or what yeah, they say tiis lang tiis ganda oh parang diba sinasabi oh tiis lang talaga oh it's easy to think self care is easy and self care is as simple as, yun nga, like, buying a face mask or, you know, having a glass of wine or binging on Netflix. Self-care is really about, I mean, just look at the root word. Nandun yung word na, care, diba? So, oh. if you really care about yourself, then you will do things that are going to be good for you. Yes. And often, what's good for us is hard to do, whether it's cutting off from toxic people, working out and sweating it out, or it's learning how to say no. These are the things that are hard to do, but really, that is what self care is all about. So self care definitely is a discipline. Oh yeah. So, so well, 
like from everything that we talked about, kasi parang since talaga we we really got to the nitty gritty and really got to know uh, self care in a deeper sense. Yeah, na mention ko din kasi kanina, uh, for for those people, there are some people na ngayon nahihirapan mag-adjust because they're working from home like ikaw you yourself. So, you know, maybe you can share why it's a non-negotiable and a priority. The way I would explain self-care to other people before was like if you're going to work hard to succeed in your career, let's say you put in 8 hours of your day. You're going to put in two hours a day for, you know, that the abs that you want. If you're going to put in an hour a day to be there for your friend, if you're a student, you put in seven hours a day to get good grades. What in the world is stopping you from investing the same amount of time to the actual person who will benefit from these things? I mean, if you think about it, you spend all of that time and effort on bettering and getting bettering these results, if you're going to forget about the actual mechanism, which is you, then what's the point, right? If you're going to leave this world with great grades, a great job, great body, so for me, I mean, if you're trying to get good grades and everything or have a good job or be financially stable, ask yourself, what is it for? If it's not for me, and if it's not going to be healthy for me, then really, what's the point? So if you're not going to invest the same amount of time in taking care of other people and other things in your life, and not invest the same time on yourself and taking care of yourself, then there has to be something wrong with that concept. So when you say, I don't have time to take care of myself, I feel like it's an easy way out. It's saying, I don't respect myself enough to give myself that time. Kung pag-aabalahan mo yung mga ibang tao at ibang bagay, dapat naman siguro tingin mo sa sarili mo worth it din, di ba? Worth of, worthy of the same attention and time and effort. Oh, parang we go back to basics, eh, no? We go back to the foundations. Um, alam ko kasama, kasama to sa sinabi ni Gretchen Rubin eh, na um, ito yung foundation four na tinatawag or F4. It's sleep, move, eat, and unclutter actually. Parang um, yun yung apat na kailangan natin ma-incorporate in our daily habits. You know, and na-mention mo nga sleep, how sleep is essential. Uh, you know, kasi especially sa inyo, di ba? Sa inyo mga nagtatrabaho. And well, syempre, sa adults, like, you know, we all generally, kailangan talaga natin ng 7 to 9 hours of sleep kung kaya talaga. So, so ayun din. Sabi rin ni Mimi, uh, drink your water. <laughs> so, uh, so, hydration is important. Like, if you can, if you can really, uh, and exercising, Ayun, um, that's physically, parang as long as you are taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah, even spiritually, right? Um, doing um, daily uh, devotionals. Yeah, that can really make a difference in how, how you want to um, start your day. Tama ka nga na parang it's not, you, you, we can't really say na parang, um, we're too busy when it comes to self-care. Kasi, 
I wanted to end with this uh, quote that all of us might have already heard of. Pero it's just simply thinking na parang you can't pour from an empty cup. Eh. Um, if you exactly. haven't fully acknowledged what you need yourself, like whatever your body is asking from you or like yung mind mo, kung ano yung mental health space mo, if you aren't that um, self-aware with what you really need, then it's really gonna be difficult for you in the in the long run. And oh, I mean, it's not a matter of time. Eh. It's, it's really like a matter of willingness and prioritizing. Oh, and dun talaga yun. Dun talaga manggagaling yun. But anyway, so adami nating na cover today and I would just like to say thank you for being patient and thank you for for saying yes to um joining with me in this episode despite your hectic schedule. I really appreciate your time. You might wanna plug yes. your social media platforms. Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, I'm the co-founder and managing director of Spring Philippines. We do a lot of speaking engagements, actually, um, and we have a lot of projects online. So, if you want to know more about that, you can find us on Instagram at spring.phl. That's spring as in the season, .phl. <laughs> and on Facebook, we're just Spring Philippines or Spring PHL. 